everyone, and welcome to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. I'm Lori LeBay, and I am the host and founder of Alzheimer's Speaks. Since we always get new listeners, I always like to kind of just give a, a brief summary of who we are and, and what we do. Um, bottom line, Alzheimer's Speaks is an advocacy-based company providing multiple platforms to shift our dementia care culture from crisis to comfort around the world. And we believe that by joining forces and sharing knowledge and just having these everyday conversations about life with dementia, that we're going to be able to remove the stigmas attached to memory loss and help those living with the disease continue to live purposeful lives. And, um, you know, we know... We know that this is working because we were honored um, and acknowledged by ShareCare and Dr. Oz as the number one influencer online for Alzheimer's. And that really had nothing to do with us. It had to do with our community at Alzheimer's Speaks. Um, your ability to share our information from our radio show to our blog to our Dementia Chats educational webinars uh, to the resource directory, um, to our YouTube channel, etc. Um, you pushing that information out to your Facebook friends, your Twitter tribes, your colleagues on, on LinkedIn, and your people on Pinterest and all the other social media modes out there um, has really raised awareness for Alzheimer's disease and all the other types of dementias. And what's so critically important, um, I believe, because I, I lived on this journey with my own mom for 30 years, is having information available for people when they're ready to grab it. So many people are in our own circles, and they haven't even told us. They haven't shared with us that they are on this journey. And the more we can get them to feel comfortable um, tapping into the resources, the better off everyone will be. I also want to let our listeners know that here on Alzheimer's Speaks, we invite everybody to be part of the conversation. So if you are a person diagnosed, if you are a family or friend caring for a loved one, if you're a business professional with a new cutting-edge idea, uh, if you are a singer and a songwriter, a movie director, an author, a researcher, everyone is welcomed here. Um, if you've got a new idea on how to advocate for this disease, we want to hear from you. So reach out to me. Just go to alzheimerspeaks.com, and up at the top in the header, there's a big gold button that says Contact Us. And just uh, shoot me an email, and I would love, love, love to talk with you and uh, get you scheduled to be on the show and, um, and share your story. Now, before I introduce our guest today, I want to give a shout-out to a couple of organizations that I, I really admire and ones that I think a lot of people don't know a lot about. One is the Purple Angel Project, which was started by Norms McNamara over in the U.K. Uh, it's in over 19 countries now, and it's just a symbol with a purple angel in a globe that um, everybody is able to utilize and um, raise awareness. Our goal is really for the Purple Angel to be as well-known as the Pink Ribbon is, and there's no reason that it can't be done. Uh, the other is uh, that the Purple Angel is working with is Rock, uh, Rock with Dementia, and that is going to be March 19th, and there are music kind of festivals all over the world that are popping up. And I have to, I have to say, sadly, not as many in uh, the U.S. here, uh, but there are a few going on, so go ahead and look for those hopefully next year the U.S. will be a bigger bigger part of that. Um, today's show is brought to you by Audible.com, and you can actually get a free Audible book um, and download a 30-day trial if you go to www.audibletrial.com forward slash social. Again, that's www.audibletrial.com forward slash social, and you have over 180 titles to choose from that you can go ahead and download. 
I also want to uh, just say hi and how proud I am of Harry Urban, who had a beautiful feature story done uh, by the um, in Lancaster, uh, Pennsylvania, and the title is "Lancaster County Man with Dementia Finds Life Doesn't Have to Be uh, Life Doesn't Have to Be um, Perfect to Be Wonderful." And Harry is one of our experts on our Dementia Chats webinars, and he's just full of just great insights. And I would encourage you to go ahead and read that article. Um, <clears throat> also, for uh, many of you, you've already heard the the passing of Nancy Reagan, the former First Lady, and you know she really made a profound uh, impact on dementia um, as a whole. You know, given Ronald Reagan. Um, was diagnosed with the disease, and uh, you know her legacy will not be forgotten. You know how well she she cared and loved loved her husband and our president. Um, let me go ahead and introduce our guest today. Um, we have Pam Van Ah, who is the executive director of Caring Together in Hope which is a nonprofit in Roswell, Georgia. And the mission of Caring Together in Hope is to advocate for and support family caregivers who are providing um, home care for a person with Alzheimer's disease or dementia. And they also do some funding of respite care for these families as well. Pam herself was a primary caregiver to her mom who had Alzheimer's disease and Lewy body, And during this caregiving time, both her and her family saw the need to assist families who often struggle financially and um, have just general challenges navigating the resources available to help them. So in January of 2013, um, they kicked off uh, and pulled together Caring Together in Hope, and they have assisted over 300 families in the Atlanta area. And... um, and uh, also in six other states, which is pretty cool. And then just this March, um, they opened Amy's Place, which we're going to talk about quite a bit today, which is a memory care cafe. And um, I'm not going to I'm not going to say any more about that. We'll talk about that a little as as the conversation goes on. So welcome, Pam. How are you today? I'm good. Thanks, Lori. I'm great. Thank you for having me. Wonderful. We also have with us Dee Williams, and she has been a caregiver her entire life. Her mother um, has been blind her entire life, and Dee cared for her. And for the past five years, Dee returned to the dutiful daughter role and once again is caring for her for her mom. So welcome, Dee. Hi, how are you? And thank you for having me as well. Well, good. I'm I'm thrilled you're here with us. Um, Pam, I'm going to throw the first question to you. Can you explain to us what All Caring Together in Hope does, and who does it serve, and, and why? Caring Together in Hope, is, as you said, is a 501c3 created in January of 2013, and, and you said it best. We um, caregivers to a loved one, and when the caregiving ended, um, we just felt that there was there was more that needed to be done. And so we created, my family and I created Caring Together in Hope. We advocate for families who are caring for a loved one with any dementia type or any type of cognitive impairment. And and you're right, we have, one of the things that we have done with Caring Together in Hope is fund respite care, help pay for respite care for those families who need to take a break while caring for that loved one at home. Although I will have to tell you that um, most of the work that we have done since inception in January of 2013 with Caring Together and Hope, a lot of that has been a lot of resource work, a lot of um, helpline work. Um, it's it's it just, it continues to evolve. You know, Lori, I mean, this the, the the needs of the caregiver continue to evolve. And when we created Caring Together in Hope, you know, we're entering into our fourth year now, I guess. But so when, when we created Caring Together in Hope, even social media in 2013, you know, wasn't what it is today. And so we, we continue to we continue to be a work in progress um, advocating and using our voice um, for families. 
Wonderful. And I, I like that philosophy of um, of really being fluid, you know, saying, you know, we're evolving. And because I, I think that's really the only way we're going to serve this population is to continue to always look for new ways and new needs and um, and try to meet that. And, and it, it is ongoing. It is it is changing. Can you explain to us, um, Pam, a lot of our, our listeners may not know what respite is. Well, by definition, respite is, means to step aside, to take a break. Um, just sometimes I've heard people say, I had a family member say, I need some of that rescue care. <laughs> Boy, that is exactly what it is, isn't it? Yep. She called and she said, yes, I, I understand that you give rescue care. And I said, well, yes, we do. <laughs> so... I, I don't know, that really stuck with me, and, and I like the word rescue um, as it helps to explain what respite care is. Um, but I'll t- I tell you what, Lori, that that platform um, with our nonprofit in terms of we are, you know, paying a, health, a professional home care company to go in and deliver the care. I mean, we pay directly to the provider, the deliverer of the care. We don't pay to the family, but you know it's it's getting tougher and tougher to do that with the with the changes in in the law and with my own care companies, you know, having to pay overtime. It's it's getting to be even more expensive um, for families to to afford this. And so I think when we started, Lori, we were able to we were easily able to fund. You know, because we have limits. I mean, there are extenuating circumstances, but I mean, we were easily able to fund about 36 to 40 hours of respite care, which would be between the family and the home care company, how they want to divide that time up. And right now with the change in the labor laws, Lori, we're, we're looking at probably about 27 to 29 hours mm-hmm. that we are able to fund, you know, without going up over what we determined to be a cap. Although there are extenuating circumstances, um, definitely. But there also are many, many ways to offer respite care to families without it being, you know, them walking out the door and doing whatever it is that they need to do. We also have paid utilities for families who are behind. We have issued gift cards um, to various retail stores, grocery stores big box stores. We have purchased Christmas gifts for families. Um, we have, you know, um, made it available for families to get haircuts. We have arranged and paid for transportation for families to get to either an appointment or to an event. So that also is respite. So okay. we just, we, I have, we kind of have our own little definition of respite in it. And, and so I go back to with that caregiving woman said to me, I really listen to caregivers, that they, they are who we really work for. And when she called it rescue care, she was right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and a lot of times people are at their wits end and it really is a matter of both sides being rescued uh, from from the situation there. So I think uh-huh. that, that that is wonderful. Um Let's go on. How did your board determine that there was a need to create the Memory Care Cafe? And exactly what do what do people do there? Pam, are you still there? Oh, it looks like we lost her. Okay. Dee, are you there? I am. You are. Okay. Um, so we'll, we'll wait and try to get Pam back on the line. Not quite sure what happened there. Um, and Dee, have you been involved with the, uh, with the memory uh, cafe, uh, memory care cafe? I've been to it a couple of times. Um, once Pam opened it, I was so excited. I wanted to come by and support her and to see what it was like. And it is a wonderful place for not only caregivers to come and get some time away from the family members that they're taking care of, but also a place where they can bring a family member. And generally, there's some uh, luncheon uh, going on uh, that um, 
members can and family members and caregivers can partake in, as well as uh, activities. Um, generally, there's someone um, music uh, that's being played, which is always so soothing. And you know, the piano is available for those who um, can play. Uh, say, for instance, my mom is uh, a pianist, retired, of course, at 92, but. Uh, I haven't taken her there yet. Uh, it's a good distance from where I live, but it is on my agenda to bring her up uh, one day. And um, again, another place that caregivers and um, the members that they care for can meet others and socialize okay. and just, you know, share their experiences. Okay. So can you tell us how, how you got involved with Caring Together and Hope? <laughs> Very interesting. Um I started, uh, well, I brought my mother to uh, Georgia, to Atlanta, um, July of 2013. So that obviously was shortly after Pam had um, started up her program. And I had been caring for my mother um, by myself one-on-one since March when my father passed away. And so I was at my wit's end of being there for her 24 hours um, a day, seven days a week. And um, I had uh, just a few hours that was being um, paid for or provided to me through Medicaid. And I spoke with um, someone that uh, ran the um, support uh, program and told them I was just desperate. I was pulling my hair out. I didn't understand the programs here in Georgia. And I was just, I needed a break. And this uh, individual referred me to Pam, gave me her number, said, call her. She's very nice. She's very sweet. And I literally just picked up the phone that same moment, called her and introduced myself. And she started telling me about her program and providing respite. And I told her, I said, that's just what I need. And I don't know what you can do for me, but I would appreciate anything. And... Since then, I've been connected to her sort of almost at the hip. <laughs> well, that's wonderful. We're going to go ahead and try to get Pam back on the line here. So yeah. just bear with us a minute, and we will see. Okay, thanks, Lori. I don't know what that was about. Well, it, can you hear? Yep, we can hear you. It doesn't happen often, but every now and then it does, just like when we're talking to our friends on our cell phones. So. Okay, I know. I'm so sorry. I apologize. I don't know what happened. Nope, not a problem. I, mean, I, I can answer your question about the Memory Care Cafe if you want me to, Lori. That would be wonderful. Um, you know, Lori, what, what happened was, you know, we were looking at this and we were looking at, you know, what we were donating um out of the budget, so to speak, to help and support these families with respite care. And, you know, it just got, so, you, you know, we're reading about, you're, you're reading about everything, and you know, people just have less spendable income. And it got so, isn't this great and wonderful that we're able to give these families a break, but then what? I mean, then what? Mm-hmm. So it was actually... You know, my sister and I were just doing research on this shortly after we formed Staying Together and Hope. And honestly, Lori, I'd, I'd never heard, I'd never heard of a memory care cafe. And I think I even told you this story once where we, I'm just on the, we're just on the internet and up popped this memory care cafe. And not only that, but you could actually download a toolkit. And if memory serves me right, um, I believe that Carol Larkin is the one that posted that. And it just listed all these ways to create a memory care cafe. And not only that, it was so concise that it also listed states where memory care cafes existed. And there were none in the state of Georgia. And I thought, we thought, boy, we really want to go see one of these things. This is just, isn't this a wonderful thing? Like a meetup, you know, mm-hmm. just a meetup, a hangout place. And yet it's more, it's more than that. But that, to me, essentially is how I, we took it. And I called her, and I said, I, I, I'd like to see one of these memory care cafes. We live in Atlanta, and so we can go to Florida. We can go to Alabama. We can go to some of these places. I just don't see where there are any. 
And she said, well, what, what do you mean by that? And I said, I just want to go visit one. She said, well, there aren't any. She said that the, the, the memory care cafes that are in the United States are mobile or they're like neighborhood memory care cafes or they meet up once a month or maybe more often than that. But they're, they're not, they're not just, you just can't, don't go to a knock on the door like you're going to like a regular cafe. And while that is great, I love that. I mean, I've, I've met with a lot of people trying to educate myself on these wonderful things that they do for these families. And I talked to you about this too, Lori, because you're kind of like in that area where it, where it was pioneers. And, you know, we just kept watching. And we really wanted to do this because there just seemed to be, we were not doing enough. I mean, as I said before, it's wonderful that you can have a fundraiser and you can get people together and you can do respite care and you can help them with resource. And I've gone with many families to tour many memory care facilities, but it just didn't seem, it just needs to seem to be more because the bottom line for every, every single caregiver that I ever spoke with, which is, this is my experience. They have the common denominator is that they are lonely. And I think where we talk a lot, um, there's a lot of conversation about keeping the person with the dementia socially engaged, which absolutely we do need to do that. But we also need to keep the caregiver socially engaged. That caregiver Many of them feel that they have no value left in terms of being part of a community. Many of them don't even really realize that maybe a new Chinese restaurant opened up down the street. They don't get a chance to be involved in, in the dynamics that occur within on their own main street, so to speak. And so we thought, wouldn't it be great if we could find a freestanding building, a home, and have this concept of this meetup, this memory care cafe concept, and have this available to the public seven days a week, where it could be viewed, I suppose, as a sanctuary. It could be viewed as a place where you could get um, vetted, reliable information in terms of literature that we get from professionals, and not only that, and maybe even equally important, is having businesses, local businesses, um, be a part of it. We are currently involved, um, soon to be involved, I should say, with an initiative with the Roswell Police Department, who, you know, has educated us on what a lot of 911 calls are with caregiving families who have a crisis moment with someone with dementia. I, I didn't understand or I didn't know that, you know, that a lot of the calls that they get are from moments of extreme agitation and combative behavior. And currently it still is a lot of older people taking care of an even older person with the disease, as you know. And so they are trying to, to do something and raise awareness about how they're educating their staff and making communities just more uh, aware of not so much the problem. It's more about how we can best support these caregiving families. And so that actually became the platform for Amy's Place. Okay. So, um, you know, I'm very involved with the uh, <clears throat> Alzheimer's or in, and uh, memory cafes as well as uh, Carol, who is now kind of semi-retired in Texas, who's done a great job promoting them and developing a, a list. And Yuta Lugvig, I just want to mention, is doing some great work as well in terms of trying to pull a directory together as well as a book on these. Um, but they are... They do vary um, throughout the country. There's probably about 200 of these, um, but they're really, mm -hmm. I call them a gathering, but they're like a support group. So they can be one to two hours. Um, they can be once a month, twice a month. 
Um, but yeah, you, to my knowledge, are the first one who has actually opened up a physical building. And with that, now, did you guys build the building or did you purchase an existing home or how did you? We did not. I, I, we got, I'll tell you what, Lori, we got so incredibly lucky. You know, if you're, your, your audience probably doesn't really know where Roswell, Georgia is. We are not considered a suburb of Atlanta, although we're part of Atlanta metro area for about 18 miles, you know, just outside of Atlanta. But, you know, the Atlanta metro area is about the size of the state of Massachusetts Mm -hmm. in terms of square feet, land space. And, you know, we have 6 million people living in the Atlanta metro area. I I think I'm right. One time, somebody says eight, six. I did some homework before you called, and and I believe it was like 6 million people. And Roswell is the eighth largest city in the state of Georgia. And so... What we liked about Roswell, Georgia, is that it's very historic, and they have a very active um, historical presence here where they preserve a lot of areas that are have either ties into the, to the Civil War. And so we found a colleague actually showed this to us. So it's a home, um, 2,500 square feet. It is located in historic Roswell, meaning that it is not in a strip mall. It is not next to a medical facility, but it's dual zoned in that it is both commercial and residential. But this entire street, it's just in an old mill district where they used to mill for cotton um, pre-Civil War. And so of all the homes along this street are very old, and we was shown this property, which has off-street parking for 43 behind it. We have a magnolia tree in front that is, we were told, way over 100 years old. And yet, it was it was just perfect for us. So we did not purchase. We leased it. We lease it. Okay. And we have we have really good lease terms. <laughs> so we hope to be here a long time. Oh, that's fantastic. Now, how did how did um, Amy's Place get funded? We wrote a grant to an American Endowment Fund, and um, Amy Wynn-Norman was the wife of a very prominent realtor in Atlanta called Harry Norman. And she was um, a very, very dear friend to my sister, Jean, who's um, director and CFO of our nonprofit. And Amy died of cancer a few months after our mother did. And at the time when Amy was nearing the end of her life, she had wanted, we hadn't even created Caring Together and Hope at that time, Lori. Amy, you know, was wanting um, to give money to Jean to, to get Caring Together and Hope going. We hadn't, we hadn't even, we hadn't written any bylaws. We weren't even there yet. And Jean had said, we had said, no, no, when that, when the time comes, we will do it the right way and we'll write a grant. Well, it, it took a little while, but we finally were able, after everything goes through the legal part, we did write a grant. And we wrote the grant um, saying that we wanted to create this memory care cafe, and we were going to call it Amy's Place. And we had no idea, you know, (laughs) we didn't really have, we had no metrics. We had a strategic plan, of course, but because there was no model for us to follow in the country, you know, where we could say there, give someone, give them an example of, we want to do what they are doing. You know, here, here's what we want to bring to the state of Georgia. We didn't have a model. And so we just had to, you know, write a narrative explaining what our vision was and what we hoped to accomplish by creating and establishing this memory care cafe. So we, we wrote a grant and we received funds to do this. Oh, wonderful. We, we got lucky. Wonderful. So with your grant, how can I ask how long a period um, you think that that will be sustainable for? 
we recognize that probably the first year, you know, we, we are having to brand this, of course. And it is a concept that it's not, you know, people have to, they're not knowing about this. You know, we're introducing a, a new concept um, to people here in Roswell and to the state of Georgia. So we recognize that this first year, we are probably will have a lot of expense. In, pro, in the programs that we offer, the events that we offer, and marketing, and we have lots of startup expenses. After that, we, our plan for the second year is we feel that if we can just come out even every month, we will feel that we have accomplished a great thing. And um, she's not Jean, but Jean, my sister Jean, is as I said, is a CFO of our nonprofit and. I promise you that she will make sure that she will make sure that that happens. So we do need to continue to to raise funds, but we do not and we will not ever charge any caregiving family for any event that we have here at Amy's Place. Our services continue to be free to these families. Um, we do work. We really do believe this. We really do work for these families. So we have to. Um, we're confident and quite comfortable that we'll be able to sustain this and grow it um, for many, many, many years. Oh, that's wonderful. That's that's absolutely wonderful. What has the community's response been to the program? The community's response has been just incredible. It, it, it just really, really has. We had met with a year ago, March, just, just a year ago, we, we requested a meeting with the mayor of Roswell, who's very proactive um, in terms of bringing business and sustaining business in the city of Roswell. Um, he, he has a great vision for, for Roswell. And also this area of Georgia, because of its proximity to Atlanta, has a really a lot of retired people move here, a lot of senior, a large senior population here. And we met with the mayor and a representative of someone's economic development called Roswell Inc. And, you know, we had to pitch this story. And, you know, here we were again just thinking, you know, how are we going to do this? Because we didn't even know <laughs> with the state of Georgia, you didn't even know what kind of license you would apply for. Mm-hmm. Because there there are none. And we knew we weren't a restaurant. We knew we were not a daycare center. We, you know, we knew all that what we weren't were not. And yet we had to try to explain this to the mayor and to this person who's a great ambassador for the city of Roswell, that this is going to be a cafe, but it's not really a cafe. It didn't really take us very long. I mean, the mayor had some questions you know, about, well, if you're going to do something like that, why don't you just put your little room in the Roswell um, Senior Center and you can have your families come there. I'm like, okay, we didn't do a very good job of, of explaining this. Mm-hmm. And it, it didn't take long, though, Lori, and that we were prepared that we would probably have to go before the city council um, to explain to them what it was that we were going to operate. And yet Mayor Wood made it very clear that because we were a 501c3, and we are, um, we have an office here. And he said, well, then, you can open up your cafe, and that is the home of Caring Together and Hope. And that's what we did. Mm, neat. That's, that's very exciting. So that, that was, yeah, that was just a great... Um, endorsement for us. We had uh, lots of support, and the support has just trickled down. We had our ribbon-cutting ceremony on the 19th of February, and we had probably close to 50 Roswell um, government and business owners um, attend that ribbon-cutting, and the Roswell Visitors Bureau was here, and they were a part of it, all learning. You know, they're all learning. Um, We have worked but we're, we're really fortunate and very blessed in this area and that we are surrounded in this area with many people who are pretty well known with their advocacy for Alzheimer's disease, dementia, and for families. 
Um, PK Breville, you know, has the virtual dementia tour mm-hmm. and that started in um, at a home care company just right down the block from us. And um, a nonprofit called Second Wind, Second Wind Dreams that is home to Roswell. And so they also are helping us by getting the word out. Um, There's a lot of community collaboration that occurs here in Roswell. And so we're we're very fortunate. We're just incredibly fortunate to to have the support, Mm -hmm. the community support that we have. And and yet we've only opened on Saturday. Mm -hmm. So we literally have just, we're just out. We're just a new kid on the block. We're just out, out of the chute, so to speak. Okay. So, so what kind of feedback have you gotten from individual families about the the work you've done, both with caring together and hope, and um, with Amy's Place? You know, it's interesting that you asked that question, Lori, because what Amy's Place has done. I mean, prior, you know, we we got into this property in October and began painting it and. You know, we were getting advice from people as to colors and how to furnish it. And it was just a lot of physical work that we did by ourselves. And, you know, and yet you're just asking a really good question in terms of what is our feedback. We were touring. You know, physicians were sending people here to check us out as we were getting the word out. And others were getting the word out for us. One of the things that we did do um, with Caring Together and Hope is we you know, we knew with this initiative, Lori, that we would have to have a more aggressive, active advisory board group. And so we, we have had a, an advisory board that is very involved in advocating and shouting out about Amy's Place. The families that have come in here to tour, what I was surprised with, because this is hyper-exposed, turning together in hope. So we're caring together and hope, you know, has been, you know, we're not, we're not, we've not been around that long, but we are entering into our fourth year of service. Amy's place has just brought caring together and hope just right out. It's like we were in hiding and we weren't. And yet these families that are coming in here, I've been surprised by a few things, Lori. Men. We have had many husbands stop over here who are caring for wives or mother-in-law and are looking for something to do with that loved one. You know, it, it, it just continues to be that way, Lori, where we have a stereotype of the caregiver being that female and you and you know you know better than I do that that is not the case. But Lori, when you actually listen to what these men are telling in terms of what they want, because that is what we do when families come in here. We can have a list of programs, we can have some fun things planned, but I we have made this very clear to families that we want them to tell us what it is that they want here. And they are doing exactly that. <laughs> and families want to be able to come here and play cribbage or play poker with friends. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, that's... who no longer come over to the house anymore. That that it, that that's just really been. I was surprised by that. I guess the men that are the husbands that are coming. Well, that's wonderful. That's uh, that is that's wonderful to hear. Um, Dee, is there anything that you want to add about uh, caring together and hope and Amy's place? Well, to the listeners out there, um, I know that as a caregiver, times can be extremely challenging, and to have someone as supportive as Pam and caring together and hope and Amy's place is just amazing. It has it's, it's sort of like a blessing. And for her organization to be able to put out as much information and keep those of us who had no idea, you know, how powerful and 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 debilitating and 
stressful caring for someone who has Alzheimer's or dementia or Lewy bodies. You know, it's just a connection. And she cares a lot, and I'm hoping that there are more people like her in the world. <laughs> Me too. Me too. We need we need more people who um, who want to get yeah, Lori, involved. Can, and, I, mm-hmm. can I just say one more thing? You sure. Know, it's 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 been like with Dee, and thanks Dee for your kind words. But you know, it's it's I don't have a single thing to teach families. I am not an educator. I'm not a counselor. I I am not a professional person in this Alzheimer's dementia world um, trying trying to do any of those things. And unbeknown to many of these families that we work with, you know, one of the things that we have done with Caring Together in Health is that, yeah, isn't it great? We've been able to fund some respite care. But, you know, there of every single one of these families I have had, I have been so lucky. We have dinner with every single one of these families. And many of these families, there's a continuation of not care, but there is um, an establishment and a continuation of friendship. And, and yet I've had to learn, you know, that I easily can take my mothering into smothering. And so I have had to learn that, you know, not all families are embracing this part of caregiving as something that they're going, oh, I'm learning, I'm a better person. It's not like that for many, many people. And yet a lot of it is the same. It's the same story. It's not just the loneliness sometimes, not always, but it's not just about the loneliness for these families. There has been an abandonment of friendship. You know, and, and they feel completely abandoned because today in this virtual world, it's real easy to connect with text messaging. You can get on Facebook and socialize, even though it's virtual. At least there is some kind of connection that these people can have. But, but what, they, what they are feeling really badly about is abandonment. You know, and you know that, Lori, those friends that used to stop over that don't anymore yep. because not everybody's comfortable being around someone, someone with, with um, mid-stage, even early stage of Alzheimer's. They're just not comfortable. And so on Saturday, we had 73 people here. 73 people Wonderful. came to our housewarming party. And I heard... So many times. And we didn't do anything. We, we fed these people, but that's it. Mm-hmm. We, we, had night, we had good food here. The rest was up to them. And, you know, I heard one daughter say about her mother, I cannot believe that my mother is actually sitting at that table and drinking lemonade and eating a chocolate chip cookie. And she's been doing that for 20 minutes. She has not done that for that length of time for more than a year. So there you have it in that she pointed that out to her father and she said, dad, you didn't even know that I left here um, to go take mom for a walk. Did you? He said, no, I, I didn't know you did that. She said, see dad, you are visiting with other people. Her concern for her father is that he's doing a lot of this over caregiving and he's worn out. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, to watch not only these families create some new friendships. I mean, there were people speaking German to each other that didn't even know each other. And so to watch these families let go a little bit, just loosen up the rein a little bit, that that person that you love and give such great care to is really safe here. And I believe... I really do feel that the testimonial was true from the woman who sat there at the table for 20 minutes and drank lemonade and had a chocolate chip cookie and looked to her left and attempted to have a conversation with another person who had dementia. And I'm sure that in these mobile and these other memory care cafes of the country, 
I know that they are seeing those things too. But for us to witness this firsthand for the first time, it's incredibly powerful and so very gratifying and so impacting. You just kind of want to go up to every single one of them and, and hug all of them, but you know, you can't, you can't, yeah, well, but then you have someone like Dee Williams who has been essentially a caregiver her entire life, who has become actually a pretty good friend of mine. And caregivers make are incredible um, sources of information. They are actually a lot more resourceful than I think we give them credit for. A lot of these caregiving families, as you know, Lori, what they really need is just um, a voice. And sometimes we have to be the voice for that family, as you are the voice for so many, many people. And I guess I could go on and on, but I best stop. <laughs> it's, just, it's just been so, it's just so much fun, you know, every day to get up and go, oh my gosh, I just can't believe that this is my job. Oh, very, <laughs> you know, I just, very fun. I can't. Pam, what's, I am, I'm lucky. Yeah. What's the best contact information that you want to give people to connect with you if they've got questions in Caring Together in Hope or Amy's Place? You know, either one, they can go to our website, um, the Caring Together in Hope website, although we do have a specific website for Amy's Place. You can get to it from the Caring Together in Hope website. This is kind of confusing for people. But actually, if the curiosity is really mostly about Amy's Place, I would suggest that they go to www.amysplace.net. Okay. And there's a way to contact us. We're going to be putting out a newsletter starting Friday, and we do have, you know, we have some subscribers right now, so we need to get going on that. Okay. Of course, we have a Facebook presence, social media presence, too, but I would suggest to say that the best place for you is just to go to the website. Okay, so amysplace.net or caringtogetherinhope.org. Yes. And there's also a phone number of 470 Three four nine eight three four nine for Amy's That's place right. as well. Well, thank you so much for being with us today. Really appreciate Pam and Dee for taking the time to be with Alzheimer's Speaks Radio and um, sharing your your um, your insights and your passion and your spirit. And um, it's it's uh, invaluable. And it'll be interesting to watch how Amy's place. Uh, proceeds in having this physical um, cafe that people can actually come to all year long. So we'll definitely stay connected. Thank you again. Thanks, Lori. Thank Thank you. Thank you, Lori. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Now, for those of you new to uh, Alzheimer's Speaks Radio here on the Alive and Social Network, you might want to check out Apples to Apples, Monday at 2.30 with Scott and Drew Applebaum. They're a father and son team who discuss sports and kind of banter back and forth, and you'll find out if father always knows best. Also, every Monday, you can listen to Joan of Art, and it's a, it's a weekly show on the Alive and Social Network that investigates and celebrates people who make art. And they invite you into the discussion with artists from every corner of the universe. So check out uh, Art, uh, Joan of Art as well. I want to point out a couple um, resources that we have on alzheimerspeaks.com. You can go to our radio show from there and uh, listen to all of our archives. We've been doing this for over four years, so there's a ton of them. But the most recent ones... Where uh, there was one on delirium, what exactly is that? And that is uh, basically dementia sy- symptoms that's curable, and um, it's it's a really interesting conversation. You can also find a, a show called Calendar Cards, a new memory support system that might be something that you want to institute if you're caring for someone with earlier onset. Um, and then the third one I want to, uh, or I should say there's two other ones I want to mention. One we just had on Joe Huey on Tuesday, and she talked about the 10 absolutes, and it's, they're just really great, helpful hints um, and tips in terms of uh, communicating with somebody with dementia. 
And on Thursday, uh, we just had on Mark Arnold, the CEO with the Caregiver Alert Center. He's helping finding those who are missed and um, out there missing. And uh, a great conversation we had with Mark as well. On the 15th, for an upcoming show, we're going to have uh, Dan Hansen on, and he's going to be talking about funeral options, which isn't what you think it's going to be. We also did Dementia Chats on Tuesday, which is an educational webinar where our experts actually have dementia, and we had a fantastic conversation about what's the difference between um, people hearing about dementia-friendly communities and a dementia-friendly village. And um, hopefully that will clarify things for people there. And you'll be able to find that by going either to the website or to the blog, or you can find it also on Dementia Chats on Facebook. If you're going to be in Texas in April, um, touch base with me because I'm going to be there um, early, the early part of the month. I'm going to be uh, doing some work with Autumn Leaves. We're going to be doing some premieres of the dementia film, His Neighbor Phil. And then later in the month, I'm going to go down to Tyler, Texas, in Smith County with the Alzheimer's Alliance. And I'm going to be doing a caregiver survival camp that might be of interest to you. On the blog, just to do a shout out on a couple of articles, um, there were two new songs that were sent to me. One was called Not Alone, and the other one was called Disappeared. Uh, Both very powerful, powerful songs about um, loss and dementia. And uh, then there's an article about the semi-postal stamp that's trying to be um, done, and uh, we need your support to get through the government to approve it. Uh, And Us Against Alzheimer's has helped uh, with that uh, quite a bit. So let's see. Last, I'm just going to um, do a shout-out to FreshBooks, where you can get your 30-day trial of FreshBooks uh, which can help you with invoicing and pricing and expenses um, and just staying on top of, of business there. Go to go to um, www.gofreshbooks.com forward slash alive. That's gofreshbooks.com forward slash alive. And then, again, you can also get your free trial, uh, 30-day trial um, offer of Audible, um, and you also have to do is go to audibletrial.com forward slash social audibletrial.com slash uh, forward slash social. Last, um, you know, tap into your memory chip, which you can claim on alzheimerspeaks.com going to the tools and product product section, um, which helps you switch from task be, at task oriented to really, truly person centered. Are they safe? Are they happy? Are they pain-free? Have a brilliant week. Hi, this is Suzanne Newman, host of the Answers for Elders podcast and radio show. We are the North Star that guides you through the complicated journey of senior care with trusted experts in money, law, living solutions, and more. So join us on this station, your favorite podcast channel, or just go to AnswersForElders.com. Meet the Way Showers who will help your journey go a lot easier.